workshop meeting for long-timers and spiritual awakening, carrying the message, and practicing the principles, all of that in one meeting. Wow. Um, my name is Barbara, and I am a compulsive overeater, and I am your moderator for this meeting. With those of you who care to, please join me in the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay, I'm supposed to read this format and without deviation. Okay, Uh, before we get started, we ask that all cell phones and other electronic equipment be turned off. Even if you think it's off, please make sure. This session is being taped. All participants are required to sign the release form. To protect our anonymity, no photography, audio, or visual recording is allowed. These opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members and do not represent Region 2 or Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. Please remember... OA members affiliated with related facilities or other 12-step programs are requested to speak on their recovery in the OA program only. An Ask It basket will be circulated for the question and answer period of the session. If there is any press in this room, please respect our anonymity by not taking any pictures, using a video camera, or using our full names. The format for this session is as follows. Three speakers will share for 20 minutes each, followed by questions and answers. The Ask at a Basket will be passed around. Please place your questions in the basket uh, for our panelists. That We have, as I understand, three topics in order uh, that they're mentioned. And our first speaker is going to be Selma then Susan, and then Junie. So, go for it. Selma. Okay. Um, you, you have to move up there. Oh. Okay. Um, how do we do this now with the timing? The timer is in down here. I'll give you Hi, everybody. My name is Selma, and I am a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. I am also recovering from bulimia, um, negative thinking, um, stinking thinking, um, depression. And um, to give you my uh, stats, just so you know where I come from and, and how I qualify as a long timer. Uh, let's see, I came to my very first meeting for, uh, 41 years ago when I was 16. That was my very first meeting. And I, um, this was in Pacifica on the coast, and I went with my best friend's father, who was a 350-pound longshoreman. He and I were always um, talking diets. My best friend was a tall, skinny beanpole. Um, so he and I had that in common, and he took me to this program where 
He didn't really like it because they it was they talked about God, but he thought I might be interested. So at 16, the seed was planted. It took me five more years of um, doing, you know, the research and trying to figure out um, how to stop gaining weight and how to stop eating till the age of 21, which um, when I uh, finally formally joined OA. So that was 36 years ago. And right now I have 22 years of back-to-back abstinence um, working the HOW program. And I am thrilled. And I'm maintaining about right now a 58-pound weight release. So I was really honored to be asked to speak on the long-timer panel because I feel like I've been in a long time, but I also feel like I want to be in here a longer time or more, and um, more longer timer. <laughs> I want to be a really, real. I, it is my full intention to be in here for um, the length of my life, and I, I know that. And I think my topic is um, I'm supposed to direct it or keep it focused on having had a spiritual awakening. And I, um, I think that, I think that was part of the spiritual awakening is that when I was 16 and I came to my first meeting and I can still remember this woman standing up sharing and she was overweight and she, said, um, I can't stick to the food plan, but I keep coming back anyway. And I thought that was the oddest thing that someone would do if it wasn't working. Why would you keep coming to a program that doesn't work? But um, I think I must have heard enough that night that I realized that it was more than what the other uh, programs were that I had been attending that were weight loss programs that didn't have a spiritual component, didn't have the personal growth component to it that we have. Um, It didn't, it wasn't, I I could somehow make out from that one meeting at the age of 16 that this program was a three-legged stool, spiritual, physical, and emotional. And I've always been a seeker uh, of answers um, in life from the time I was a little girl. I was five years old, I believe, five at the most. And um, I, um, I, re- I have this vivid memory of being, um, we lived close to a church, and um, I was sitting on, it was early morning, and I went over to the church and sat on the church steps, and the pastor or the minister came out and said, whoa, it's a, what are you doing here, little girl? And I said, well, I heard the church bells ring, so I'm here for church. And he said, well, it's a little early. But my mom had taken me to Sunday school one time there, and I stuck with me that this was a really neat place to be. So it's really hard for me to... Um, speak on having had a spiritual awakening, because I think that for myself, I have always been a spiritual person. But when it comes to the food and food addiction, I think that for me, the, you know, I think maybe probably all of us can relate to this. The food became the idol. The food became the God. And um, eating 
And I like to say that really I'm addicted to eating. I'm not just addicted to food. I'm addicted to eating because it's not just figure out which foods I can't eat. I want to eat all the time. And anytime someone has to go to the hospital, anytime an emergency comes up, my first thought is how am I going to get my food? Now, I mean abstinently, but I do know that I need to have that planned in advance for whatever emergency I may be involved in because I know how my brain works. My brain wants to eat all the time. And um, the reason I bring that up at this point is because I, I, I gave a lot of thought to what that meant, having had a spiritual awakening. And I, I remember when I first came to OA, there were, for me in San Francisco, I started out... All, everybody was on food plans, way to measured food plans. We had gray sheet, blue sheet, orange sheet. But everybody pretty much was following those. And um, and I remember um, hearing that concept of no sugar, no flour. And that no sugar, um, no flour, three meals a day, nothing in between. And I thought, none? None at all? And... And that, and, and that none at all surprise wasn't disappointment. It was, I never thought of that. I never thought of never not having it. I thought I was supposed to learn how to wrestle it to the ground and only have a small amount, forget about it, lose interest, and go on to the next activity. Isn't that what normal people do? That you know, dessert comes. Some people pass it up. Some people have a little bit, and then, as I observe, they're able to concentrate on the next thing they have to do once they've moved away from that thing or that table. Uh, they've moved away. Period. My mind is locked in. You know, like the radar hones in. You know. Uh, whatever that scope is called, zeroes in with the cross. And how am I going to get that now? How am I going to get more of it? How am I going to get out of here so no one sees me? And where am I going to go? And what do I have to do? What do I have to cancel so there's nobody, nothing in my way? Because I got to eat now. It's in my body. So when they said, uh, you don't eat it at all, I thought, you can do that? And I think that was the beginning of the spiritual awakening. Because while when I came into OA, I was 180 pounds. I was a bulimic. I was taking speed, metham- well, amphetamines on a daily basis, trying not to eat every day, trying not to eat anything, and trying to go as many days in a row as I could not eating because once I ate, the dam burst and I couldn't stop. And then I would be eating nonstop. I couldn't, I just couldn't stop. That's my disease. I can't stop once I start. Uh, so I didn't know really how to eat. Um, and all I wanted at the time was freedom. I wanted freedom from the obsession and freedom from the compulsion. And I, what I would say is that to people, I just want a normal life. I just want to be normal. I want, I want highs and lows. I, you know, 
I never, I didn't, I, at that point in my life, I, um, I was so, de- I had so much depression and I had so much internal alienation and so much um, pain that I didn't have the normal ups and downs of life. That's how I described it. I just had downs and I just had bulimia and I just didn't see anybody else that had <clears throat> this relationship excuse me, with food that I had. And so the shame was intense. And back in the 70s, we were, uh, computers were just coming out and cell phones hadn't been invented yet. And um, everybody didn't have three cars. And there was a lot more natural exercise built into our life. So People were not overweight that much. It wasn't the norm to be overweight like it is now. And so everywhere I looked, everybody was skinny. I was fat. That's all I saw. And I wanted to be skinny, not thin, skinny. And um, that would be my dream come true. And I would look at... uh, Thank you. And I would look at... um, I would look at other people and I would look for that I would look in their eyes and to see if they if anybody felt the way I felt inside. Um so when that sense of loss and aloneness like like there's a whole world going on out there and I'm not part of it because how come I can't control my food and you can and you can and you can and you can and how come you you're not afraid on uh, Friday morning that the clothes you wore Monday morning weren't going to fit. Every morning, you know, getting up going, is it? can I get into it? Is it going to fit? I mean, depending on whether I binged the day before, did I starve? You know, first thing, running to the, the scale 10 times a day, you know, the whole story. So um, when I came to the meetings and I just sat and listened for a while, I heard... Um, that a power greater than myself could restore me to sanity. And I was so relieved. I was so relieved. Like, there's a possibility of... I didn't, I didn't know what restore me meant because I didn't feel like I'd ever been sane. I grew up in a very um, kind of controlling family, alcoholic father, you know, d- dysfunction, etc. So I didn't know what sane was, but I was happy to replace... Um, a power greater than myself could make me sane. And I um, and I didn't have a problem with believing in God or higher power. It didn't matter to me because what really ended up being my higher power was um, Overeaters Anonymous and Alcoholics Anonymous. That's, that, what's, that is what today is still, when it comes to my disease of compulsive overeating, the program and the tools are my um, higher power. That um, uh, And so I've been asked also to talk about what I did, not how I did it. So I'm not quite sure I understand the difference between the two, but what I did was went to as many meetings as I could, um, a meeting every day if possible, um, got a sponsor, got plenty of sponsors, relapsed a million times, tried um, to stay on food plans, fell off food plans, switched sponsors, um, did, I think, four-fourth steps, 
not one after the other, but, you know, I gave one fourth step away to a priest that I didn't know because somebody suggested that might work. I did the how fourth step. I did the big book fourth step. I did the fourth step out of the 12 and 12, seven deadly sins. Anything and everything desperate to make this program work for me because if you stick around and you see the miracles then you know that it does work i just never it just never came easy to me it took me 14 years to um to be able to put that back-to-back abstinence together that i have right now there was a lot of relapsing in there but what the one thing that i didn't do was give up and I just kept coming back. And I tried everything that probably everybody else does who keeps coming back. There's no real special miracle answer. It's, you know, it's using every single one of the tools. It's making phone calls. It's doing the writing. It's having a sponsor. It's sponsoring when I'm abstinent. It's doing lots of service. Um, it's working step six and seven to the best of my ability constantly. What's my part in this? Well, that you could call that step ten now. But what's my part in this? What character defect is it is is keeping me from being unhappy? And um, and and then I have to always say that for me, I you know I did reach the point where I had to go back to a very clear black and white weighing and me- weight and measured food plan with nothing in between because my disease is such that th- my disease um, wants me to eat more and more and more and more. I cannot stop. So when I weigh and measure, I know where I stop. And so that was freedom to me. It wasn't a re- In the beginning, I didn't want to do it, but now I love it, and it just is what I do without thinking, Twenty two plus years later, because I was doing it for many years in the program anyway. But I think the issue of the spiritual experience was that realizing that I could have freedom from the obsession, the disease of the mind, the disease of the body, the allergy of the body, and the disease of the mind. The big book described it to a T. I was so thrilled they understood my disease. The hard part was... Just the day to day coming back, keep coming back, no matter what. But it, but over time, I heard someone share this one time. He said, you know, I didn't eat one day, and then I didn't eat overeat the next day, and then I didn't eat the next day, and before I knew it, I had a week, then I had a month, then I had, and that's how it was for me. No great um, white lightning or anything. It wasn't. It was just. The other thing, the other one thing I had to do was get into therapy as well because I had to learn how to deal with my emotions and feelings without eating. I had to tie that together with my program, and I think it's only fair to share that as well because I had to learn how to go through heartbreak, disappointment, frustration, and anger, and all those feelings, and not pick up the food, but pick up the phone or pick up the pen or get to a meeting. And that was um, not so easy to do either when I had so many years of um, practice um, going right to the food habit, right to the food, because it was so painful. Um, to, I never could make it through those kinds of intense emotions. So... Um, so basically, the uh, spiritual awakening for me was surrendering uh, to this disease, surrendering